Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello. My name is Matt, host of the Pirate History Podcast. Pirates rank among the most mythologized and romanticized of all historical figures. It can become easy to forget that pirates were real people that had real-world concerns. If you like tales of high seas adventure, daring do, and also want to learn more about who Blackbeard supported to be king, you can learn more about all of that at the Pirate History Podcast. of the once-growing populace. Yet some say that on starlit, moon-filled nights, you can hear the sounds of the once-raucous residents partying into the early morning hours, shooting off their guns and yelling at the top of their lungs. From Georgia Myths and Legends by Don Rhodes. Hey, y'all. The end of the year is near, and we are incredibly grateful for all of the wonderful things that happened in 2022. All y'all new listeners, all the events we got to take part in, the campfire tales we did, all of it. It has been absolutely wonderful, and I cannot wait to see what 2023 has in store. Well, if you're an avid podcast listener like me, you might have noticed that around this time of the year, some of them podcast apps and music players like Spotify will send you your year in review. It's what you've been listening to and how much you've been listening, all that stuff. So if it just so happens that you get your Spotify wrapped and Southern Gothic is in your top five, we'd love to send you a personal thank you note with some stickers. All you have to do is post a screenshot of your Spotify wrapped on social media and tag us. That's it. Once you do that, we'll reach out, get your snail mail address, and we'll send you all some stickers. Now also, since it is almost the end of the year, I have one last final event that's taking place that each and every one of you is invited to attend, no matter where you're located. On Wednesday, December 21st, we're going to be doing a live stream at 7 p.m. over on Patreon for all of our supporters. Honestly, I don't quite know what to expect just yet. I'm going to be chatting a little bit about some recent episodes, show y'all some pictures, stuff like that. And I might, just might, even have a few friends join me. But I haven't nailed down all the specifics just yet. So if you're interested in watching the live stream, just head over to patreon.com slash southerngothicmedia and sign up for our all-access member tier for only $3 a month. And I know some of y'all are already over there. You don't have to do anything else. It'll come up. That's Wednesday, December 21st 
at 7 p.m. Central. So come on over. The link is in the show notes. Now with that, let's go ahead and start chatting a little bit about this week's story. Today, we're going to head out to the eastern edge of Georgia, to a place that's pretty much right smack dab in between Augusta and Savannah. It's about six miles north of the town of Sylvania, in what's practically the middle of nowhere. There, just along US 301, at the end of a long gravel driveway, you'll find an old white clapboard farmhouse. Now, in spite of the fact that no one lives there, and the house was built back in 1815, It does have a relatively fresh coat of paint on it, because as the sign out front states, this rather plain two-story farmhouse is owned by the Briar Creek chapter of the Daughters of the American Revolution. It's a building known as the Dell Goodall House, and it was built for a man named Seaborn Goodall, who was a clerk for the Superior Court in Screven County. But here's the thing, back when the Goodall family owned this place, This house wasn't actually out in the middle of nowhere, all alone, like it is today. The Seaborn Goodall House is all that remains of the one-time bustling town of Jacksonboro, Georgia. A community that was purportedly so wicked that a curse was placed upon it, causing its demise, leaving nothing but this two-century-old farmhouse. My name is Brandon Schecksneider, and you are listening to Southern Gothic. Jacksonboro was born as a frontier town, cut out of the Georgia Pine Wilderness. Named after Governor James Jackson, it was established by the State's General Assembly on February 1st, 1797, and it quickly prospered. Lumber was the town's greatest commodity but planters and fur trappers also made up this thriving community as the nearby Savannah River gave them the opportunity to ship their goods to the bustling port of Savannah. What the town looked like in its heyday is up for debate as descriptions are a bit inconsistent. Some records identify nothing more than a school, church, jail, and courthouse However, Jacksonboro has been described by author Pat Fitzhugh as, quote, the quintessential town of its day. It boasted a blacksmith shop, a general store, a hotel, a church, two saloons, a brothel, a whiskey store, and a mortuary. With that, you can imagine that this frontier town had rightfully earned itself a bit of a reputation for sin. Some folks even claim that Jacksonboro had as many saloons as it did all other businesses combined. Now, this might just be hyperbole, 
But one thing that is certain is that the men of Jacksonboro frequented the town's saloons for far more than just one stiff drink after a hard day of work. According to George White's Statistics of the State of Georgia, published in 1849, quote, The place had a very bad character. It was reported that in the mornings after drunken frolics and fights, you could see children picking up eyeballs and tea saucers. It is for this reason that in 1821, when Jacksonboro, Georgia experienced a wave of unfortunate events that included tornadoes, fires, and floods, many believed it had been cursed by a preacher named Lorenzo Dow. Dow was born on October 16, 1777, in Coventry, Connecticut. But as an adult, he earned an international reputation as one of the country's first celebrity evangelists. Purportedly traveling upwards of 200,000 miles, both in North America and abroad. As a boy, Dow suffered from intense religious visions. So as a teenager, he joined the Methodist faith and began preaching all over his home state. Soon enough, the traveling evangelist became known for his eccentric manner and appearance. He had long stringy hair, a thick beard, and was described as tall and skinny with a bit of a hunchback. Infamously, Dow had little regard for his personal hygiene. He wore the same clothes every day until they literally began to disintegrate and fall from his lanky frame then inevitably one of his followers would donate new clothes, usually ill-fitting, and those would become his daily garments until they too fell apart. It wasn't just his Rasputin-like appearance that added to his reputation, though. It was also his extreme zeal, theatric preaching, and fire and brimstone messages that earned him the nickname Crazy Dow. As a result, the traditional Methodist church began to distance itself from him, but his antics drew immense crowds anyway. And since he wasn't supported by a traditional church, Lorenzo Dow had the freedom to utilize any public space he could find, including open fields and barns. So while traveling through England and Ireland, that he became the first to introduce multi-denominational camp meetings or revivals. Of course, those who attended were in for a spectacle unlike anything they had ever seen before. On stage, he'd do everything from scream and cry to joyously telling stories and jokes. Dow's booming voice made sinners quake in their boots as he confronted the crowds before him over their misdeeds. In each and every town he visited, he'd scream, Repent now, my brothers and sisters, repent! And some did. With all of this success, Lorenzo Dow came to believe that there was no town wicked enough or tough enough to withstand his crusade for God. So in 1820, the traveling evangelist entered the town of Jacksonboro, Georgia, and put that belief to the test. Dow arrived in Georgia in the fall of 1820 
and spent several weeks traveling through the state, eventually arriving in Jacksonboro without any notice. Upon entering the town, he could tell that despite the region's beauty, this was a place dominated by sin that needed to be purged and the people redeemed. He proceeded to do as he did in most of these places he visited, passing out handbills to advertise his arrival. But these were hardly needed, as word of his presence spread quickly. A local church offered up their building for his service, and that evening a sizable crowd had gathered to hear him preach. But as the preacher had predicted, the devil had gone to work as well, and a drunken mob had decided to pay him a visit with the full intention to disrupt his sermon and force him out of town. Of course, this wasn't that bold of a prediction, as this did happen frequently during his travels. Folks were certainly angered by his claim that they needed to be saved, but down here in the South, there was certainly something more to it. Dow was an outspoken abolitionist. The church where he planned to preach was a simple building, It had unpainted clapboard-covered walls, a brick chimney, and pine plank seats facing a raised day with a lectern. The service began uninterrupted with the singing of several hymns. But then, as a local named Seaborn Goodall formally presented Lorenzo Dow to the crowd, chaos began. The church doors flew open, and a drunken mob stumbled in, screaming obscenities and throwing rotten tomatoes and eggs at the preacher. But Lorenzo Dow was not deterred. He continued to preach to the congregation until eventually the mob withdrew. Satisfied with their outburst, the drunkards staggered out of the church and back to the saloon. Yet some do say the violence that day was far more pronounced, that the mob actually forced an end to the meeting before it even began, by rioting outside the church, throwing bricks and rocks through its windows and firing gunshots into the air as they screamed obscenities at the pastor. But whatever happened at the church doesn't matter, as the events that followed remain consistent no matter who tells the tale. Angered by the mob, Lorenzo Dow decided if he could not fight the devil from his pulpit, and gladly do it with his fists, or in this case, an axe. The preacher then stormed into the saloon where the mob had retreated and began smashing every whiskey bottle he could find. Amidst splashing liquor and splinters flying into the air, the men tackled Dow and dragged him out of the saloon and into the street, prepared to hang him in revenge. But as they stood there, looking for the best tree to use, a voice shouted for them to stop. It was Seaborn Goodall. Goodall informed the mob that killing the preacher would break the law, despite the mess he had caused in the saloon. And being a devoutly religious man himself, he offered to shelter Dow for the night with his family and ensure that the preacher would leave town the next morning. So the mob reluctantly released him. Goodall then dragged Dow away to his home and warned him that he should never again preach in Jacksonboro.
Then, the next morning, as Lorenzo Dow prepared to leave town, he was once again met by the mob. They followed him to the edge of town, shouting vulgarities at him the entire way. And when he finally got to the footbridge at Beaver Creek, he did one last thing. Lorenzo Dow stopped and removed one of his shoes to shake the dust off with a dramatic flare. And as is instructed by Christ in the gospel, Dow raised his voice to the crowd and promised the same destruction wrought upon the biblical cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. He bellowed, quote, I came here to help save you from your sin, but you would not receive me. So I have no choice but to shake the dust of this wicked town off my feet. Your town is hereby cursed. It will wither and die from its wickedness. So saith the Lord. Dow then pointed down the road and continued, But the good old house will remain, for they received me and heard my voice. The famed evangelist then galloped away and never returned to Jacksonboro, Georgia. Of course, the men laughed at the drama of what they had just witnessed, but little did they know there was much to fear from the words Lorenzo Dow spoke. We'll discuss the aftermath of these actions and more after the break. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Y'all, I want to take a quick minute to tell you about one of my favorite nonprofit organizations here in Middle Tennessee. It's called Poster Nashville. Now, this organization supports people during times of housing or medical crises by providing compassionate, temporary care for their pets. That's right. Poster helps secure loving homes for beloved little furballs when their human companions are going through things that might otherwise cause them to have to give them up. But since Poster began back in 2020, they've been able to reunite nearly 250 pets with their loving pet parents after they were able to secure housing, keeping families together through tough times. Of course, y'all, I have to say from personal experience, it's been an awesome program to be around. My kids and I have been fortunate enough to hang out with some of the pups. And trust me, what Poster is doing through a devoted network of volunteers is absolutely heartwarming. So if you'd like to help, Poster is in the middle of their annual fundraiser right now, trying to hit a goal of $20,000. And it would mean the world to me if you'd consider helping us get there. All you got to do is visit southerngothicmedia.com bark. That's right, southerngothicmedia.com bark. The town of Jacksonboro was thriving when Lorenzo Dow attempted to preach there. But not long after his visit, strange occurrences began plaguing the town. 
First, there was a fire that destroyed a local home. At the time, everyone believed this was merely an unfortunate accident, possibly caused by a lightning strike, or maybe a drunk who fell asleep smoking. Yet not long after, another home caught fire as well, and then another, and then several more. No one could offer an explanation as to the cause of these accidents. But if these fires that gutted homes and businesses weren't enough, Jacksonboro was also struck with a series of tornadoes and lightning storms. Chaos ensued and more structures were destroyed. Even the usually peaceful Beaver Dam Creek turned against the community as it became a raging waterway. Flash floods ensued, destroying crops and carrying away livestock and even several residents. All of this happened in a mere seven months' time. Unfortunately, what nature didn't destroy in Jacksonboro, the local economy did as businesses began to fail and the local lumber industry, which had employed so many folks, began to slow down, causing men to lose their jobs. Between all of this destruction and economic failures, some who remained in Jacksonboro began to cite Lorenzo Dow as the source of the town's problems. And whether in fear of the curse or just frustrated by the lack of opportunities, families began leaving the area one by one until there was simply no one left in Jacksonboro. By 1847, a little more than two decades following Lorenzo Dow's visit, Jacksonboro was a ghost town. A historic marker continues to mark the spot where the town once stood, but it makes no mention as to the reason for Jacksonboro's demise. It states simply the history of the town. Quote, the establishment of Jacksonboro as the county seat of Screven County was authorized by an act of the General Assembly, February 1st, 1797. James H. Rutherford, Francis Jones, Martin Martin, Anthony Bonnell Sr., and Stephen Pierce were appointed commissioners to, quote, purchase or otherwise procure not less than five acres, nor more than 50 acres, and to let the building of a courthouse and jail. This marker centers the 50 acres purchased from Solomon Gross on April 29, 1797. The town was officially incorporated as the town of Jacksonboro by the General Assembly, February 16, 1799. It was named for the then governor of Georgia, General James Jackson. For 50 years, it was a thriving business center for a large rural area of Georgia. It remained the county seat until December 14, 1847, at which time the seat of government was moved to Sylvania. Jacksonboro then rapidly became one of the many ghost towns of Georgia's early history. But as we know, this marker isn't all that's left to remember Jacksonboro. One lone structure still stands almost two centuries later, the Seaborn Goodall Home. 
Lorenzo Dow continued to preach until his death in 1834, but his legacy remains to this day. Yet whether or not it was he who caused Jacksonboro's demise or merely unfortunate luck on the American frontier is unknown. But one thing is certain. The Goodall House remains today where all others have fallen, the sole relic of a town where the devil ran rampant. My name is Brandon Schecksneider, and you've been listening to Southern Gothic. Southern Gothic is an independently produced podcast created by siblings Brianne and Brandon Schecksneider with the support of listeners like you. This month, we'd like to thank our most recent Patreon supporters, Michelle Arshambo, and Hallie Colvert, who is our newest superfan. If you're interested in joining us and receiving additional content, including ad-free episodes, head over to our Patreon page today. The link is in the show notes. Lucky Lady Shacks. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. What's something you learned in history class that you feel like wasn't the whole truth? Better yet, What's something you didn't learn at all that was omitted completely? That's what I like to call redacted history. My name is Andre White, the host of the Redacted History Podcast, the place where history's forgotten events, heroes, and villains get their story told, one episode at a time. The Redacted History Podcast. Real history never dies. Stream the Redacted History Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts.